Hello again. Okay, you've got a piece of string. On the either end of the piece of string, you have a fundamental monad that's supporting your duality, which is supporting your life because your life is part of a duality. As in a pragmatic sense, at least, let's just say. All right? So ideally, that's different. Ideally, well... You've just got to prove your idealism to make it all real, don't you? I mean, so whoever can prove their idealism, they can prove that you don't live at the end of a piece of string. You live at the end of a piece of string, okay? Other than that, you're living in a relativity. This is the field, okay? This field, the universe. We call it the universe. We're sort of favouring one end of that piece of string. Now, this is a very old, very ancient, very well-known, very evident, fundamental foundation of thought. This is nothing nothing at all new about that idea, okay? So really all you've got is names to, uh, to identify the duality with, okay? So... First of all, let's start with the hemispheres of this duality, okay? We're not talking about this I and this thing. We're talking about an objective, subjective duality forming hemispheres or halves of a piece of string, uh, each with foundation in the, in the field. And the foundations I'm going to call nature and I. Um, but I is separate, which seems, you know, I is relative. You're a relative I, okay? So an absolute I is God. We call it God, all right? So we're talking personal, uh, you, you're experiencing from this I, from this end of the piece of string, uh, sentience and your sentence is relative, right? And so, considering that the opposite idea on the piece of string, which is allowing there not to be a singular experience you've got here, is <coughs> opposing nature, which seems to be omnipotent you know we 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 really are looking to unify that uh, idea because nature is the unified idea at the end of this objective piece of string this the the idea of omnipotence is omniscience okay is at the other end of the piece of string that uh, like, I don't know how sceptical you are, okay. But there's a whole bunch of reasons that come to mind why you don't want to... You don't have to believe in God. I don't have to believe in God. That's just fooey. You know, that's just a bunch of cultural ignorance. And really, I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons why, yeah, God's a foundational idea in a field of thought. If... And I'm just explaining the field in this way for you. 
and you know like i'm not arguing about god right now i'm just giving you process giving you fundamental geometry to understand it with okay now if you want to collapse the geometry if you think you can go right ahead uh, but you're only going to collapse it into something that's not true and what i'm saying to you is more true than what you're um you're expecting me to believe you're saying oh, i'm wrong no, it's just idea A or not not A, okay? So, all right. I'm saying to you, though, like, this is just honesty. Honesty is looking at the way the world is, looking at the way the physical world is, the, looking at the way the abstract legal world is, looking at the way... The spiritual world is, okay, the, the freedom in the world that we have and just trying to work it out, okay? Not getting involved in your petty atheisms or your whatever, all right? Now, fundamental to an objective field, which is, which is one half of what we are talking about here, uh, the, what we call nature, all right? Now, nature has modality adhering in it, okay? There's foundations for the modality, for the, for the objective field, there's foundations for the subjective field. It's the same field, I know, but you, you don't understand things in, in singularities, and it's difficult to, okay? If people could understand the singular nature of you would be asking about the nature of reality because it would be simply obvious, okay? So so in the nature, the natural world, okay, what we call the natural world, we have two fundamental foundations upon which um, most of, a lot of our constructions about nature are formulated in the in the sense of science and philosophy and you know all all our coming and going here in this world everything we 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 think we are mostly because we're embodied okay so so we're not saying nature is this or nature is that we're saying in nature there there appears to be an inertia and a motion okay um so those ideas are phenomenal ideas um so let's let's take the phenomena out of it and we'll call we'll call the one idea that we are exploring phenomena okay connected to this inertia idea okay and let's call the other idea law the legal the knowledge of the field all the principles that go up to make it the the logos and the pathos all right so the the pathological and the legal uh how we as human beings have in many ways understood this objective field with objective knowledge this is this is the essence of objective knowledge uh 
which which comes out as our mathematics, our, our philosophy, our our computer programming, if you like, all all the legal principles that are basically uh, justified via the means a means which is a a logic a, a sensibility, and then on the other side of that, because those t those ideas contradict. Okay, <coughs> the other side we have our pathology, our phenomena all the things that science can study. One difference is that you need, like, this, this, uh, the senses for this, but you don't need the senses as such for the, for the mathematics, let's call it, all right? The, for the, for the logos, not necessarily a a thing you test it's it's a it's a thought experiment we have a physical experiment okay now these two ideas uh could either be what we call the objective reality of nature like people who who consider us natural don't even have to consider us phenomenal because we're still at a objectively realized you know, possibility as a a item of knowledge a field all right this is what we're talking about so we're the philosopher here talking about the field but the field isn't known so much at all really so what we usually knowing about is this universe because of the senses okay but we, but the The Logos is more of a intellectual pursuit, okay? You, you, you require more intellect to know of the, the field as the Logos. Now, these two ideas are controversial in the sense that they contradict each other and therefore they can't be the same idea, yet they both exist as an objective reality, in, in what we could consider human knowledge, this is what we've learned about from studying nature, if it is okay. Studying nature, this is what we 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 found out about with science and all the assorted work of these intellectuals, which which is the understanding of all the laws. No, it's not to say that na that science is just looking with the senses because. Science has its its logos as well. It's just tied remotely and ever, <coughs> you know, ever more subtly to the phenomena that they are think they're studying. Okay, but anyway, there's a contradiction there. There's a contradiction because uh, this this is a field of these these items are known and they have this problem. Uh, of induction, epistemological foundation, in fact, and a, a different means of justification for this idea and this idea. All right, and and so all those uh, pathological ideas we we have relevant to a falsification. So we have a, a epistemological obstacle called 
induction over here. This is the problem of induction. So that's I'm calling that a black problem, right? That's 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 ignorance is the issue there. And so, like, obviously, this is an objective uh, domain here. We're, we're dealing with a hemisphere of uh, what you're thinking about. And so let's let's say, okay, so. So if we're going to cross over this, uh, there's obviously a contradiction. There's a contradiction between this idea and this idea. So we have a piece of string here again, all right? Now, our first piece of string was an idea between this sentience and this nature, all right? Now, so there's, a, there's already a piece of string supporting our, like, duality, yet... Across this um, this piece of string, which is in the nature end of it, we have two ideas which contradict each other, which firmly grounded in the objective, because um, because the, the like subjectivity just comes in as a as a it's like the a slight variant in the in the equation, so so to speak, because your you know your mental processes they they're the sensible, so they they're of mind, whereas this is of body. You know, it's not that any, there's not a it's it it just it seems slightly more subjective. It it isn't okay. It's just relevant in a prior prior priority you know like if you're pursuing cause and effect you're pursuing cause and effect um across this way if you, you like we have to understand that this is all this is all not only a what i'm drawing up as a geometry but it's it, it's also has to be it's a moving progression okay this is the arrow of time so we've got to put all your experience in in here so so what i'm saying is like your cause and effect is the the scientists whoever's studying the pathology looking for the reason for it the cause for it they're going to cross over this um this piece of string that i've put between nature and uh and sentience in this objective field because they're going because there is a piece of string between the sensibility and the senses or the pathos and the logos so so we can't say we know of anything purely pathological okay because we are not in a position to say that okay but that's that's a pure idea if that was pure then if we could say that, then we we wouldn't have a problem with induction. So we 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 have to know by the force of this obstacle that we we on this side of a of an equation dealing with a reality, and the reason we like we we have to call this type of knowledge falsifiable is because of our proximity to the obstacle. Now, if we want to be certain or more certain, we we pursue cause and effect. We come up with principle law, rah rah, and 
and then when we've converted the the sense what we feel and know with the senses into a abstract proposition which is prediction a prediction we have what we call a law now those laws uh relate to phenomena but they also relate to in a more, more pure sense to thought and to fundamental priority that themselves pure priority which is what we're dealing with here this is that you don't need anything but thought experiment to understand this geometry you don't need to to get up and study it okay you just need to do the experiment inside your mind um to arrive at that okay so so here we have a a lateral contradiction now this is this is a contradiction with a piece of string with an idea at either end okay that that crosses a hemisphere of thought but, but we we're in this we have to think this way uh, and we as we have to cross that hemisphere we, we're going to reach a paradox between these two ideas okay so so that uh, paradox is is some idea that supports the whole fundamental nature idea all right because that's where that line is going because this sentence is is a pure idea that sits uh transcendent of anything objective ultimately okay it's purely justified by itself and the um the sensibility is justified with this by itself this by by laws right the, the, to make sense and the all the evidence we have for all our empirical etc is ultimately justified by the senses but we call we call that science and we call this um, abstract reasoning we could call it whatever the fields we want that are pure reasoning like a mathematics or a philosophy or a logic all right now these uh these are great methods in fact that that support uh what we consider to be our human knowledge right and all our human knowledge is essentially understanding nature right so whenever we pursue with further uh towards a subjective uh knowledge we we're really pursuing a, a different sort of knowledge that crosses over this duality of objective subjective okay because our evidence is <coughs> our evidence is more and more personal uh, as we approach this sentience idea okay which is we call which we could call god but we're calling it sentience just to be like just to, so we don't disturb you a little too much with that big scary god word okay so so when we cross over the objective subjective 
uh, line of duality, okay, which is is what happens when you have two opposing ideas, like not being the same yet still being necessary. Is is it? There's got to be some point at which one is not the other. This is this is uh, this is how a half body idea arises. And so this is this is essentially this is our our rationalism taking to our sentience. Our rationalism we call that theology. Okay. Now this isn't the only direction. This is the humans pursuing cause and effect to God. That's theology. But theology doesn't just come that way. We also have this other um, type of theology, which is this revealed knowledge, which is coming from God, okay, apparently via various personalities still. And, and still, like, we don't know what to make of that as far as objective evidence goes. So so it is it is revealed knowledge, is like uh, the light coming from the sentience and the acquired knowledge or the, all the whatever the humans have tried to make divine sort of our attempt to climb the cause and effect in a deduction with a deduction now there's this other sort of way of approaching this this idea of sentience which is a deduction. So that's not theology, because theology is essentially the only uh, what we could say about it is is it's not it's not necessarily religion. It's a type of philosophy. It's a a type of rational rationalism uh, trying to take the mind to God. All right. Now. All right, so we've got this other side of this idea as we're approaching this sentience, uh, which is this. Um, this is not against the flow of cause and effect with your reasoning. Okay, this is this is with the flow of cause and effect. This is just a natural way in which time flows, and in, in, in which persons might approach. Their, themselves, their sentience, okay, whether or not there's God there, okay, so that this is a inference, inference, okay, so this is uh, the, the big question mark here. So this process we is is still not a an objective domain. This is a subjective domain, but it's a different. It just as um, just a science and philosophy are bound to exist laterally across a territory right at other ends of a piece of string because of the fundamental difference of them so to the in and the out of the 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 ways that we that the thinking and the not thinking aspects of our approach to ourself, our sentience, are bound in adversity, all right? Now, those adversities uh, form 
look, they're, they're fundamentally founded in in foundations. Okay, the the foundations, however, are <coughs> so universal. Look, they're 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 fundamentally what is part of a a life, a, because we are like so we are life, right? We life with a freedom in the field. Okay, now the freedom in the field comes via this form idea, because these forms are literally access to the freedom. The whatever we do with our human mind, whatever we do with this, this if we did, if we we're a donkey, we wouldn't be doing it. Okay, so whatever we're doing, we're doing via form. We are attaining to form. Evolution or whatever is still form arising, standing up, thinking about heaven. And so so this idea of form, we, uh, we, we've, like this is a truth, not a, this is not a pathos, this is not a logos, okay? There's this form in pathos, this form in logos. So the irony of these two ideas is, is this idea, this form idea, which is this nature idea, right? Now, nature has this um, fundamental construction ability, right? So that that makes, creates, okay, creates form, but but this isn't what uh, holds our subjective. premise, a, a subjective truth, a, a subjective reality afloat. Like it's it's it doesn't seem to be. So it's it's not the fact that we have a form is why we believe in God. Or it's not why we believe in ourselves, in in our consciousness, all right? But it is the consciousness. Okay, so the consciousness is is a subtle, right? And a subjective. So it's not it's it's objective purely in an epistemological sense, and so, so empiricists uh, empiricists don't believe it as such. They they consider it something that they they'll want to find out with you know instruments. They'll, they'll do a test, and they'll, or they'll. Or some philosopher will come up and say, "Oh, look, it's an AXY, and then you put an AX and an AX and an AX and AX and AX and AX, and eventually you get consciousness." All right, whatever they say. Ultimately, they think of consciousness as emotion, because because all these processes in our body uh, speed up as we get to our uh, like our neurological and that that's like a away we go like this is our like it's an exponential speed very vector going on when it gets to the consciousness and how fast something must travel to know about any other part of us like we get more neurological information before we get you know, we have blood flowing or we have lymph or we have whatever else we have okay this is the fastest of our systems this neurological so because so you know mundane explanations of it uh you know 
very, but then they they will and they should move towards emotion and etc. It's not sufficient though. Okay, so so consciousness is supporting this sentience idea, right? This this I idea, and now there's one. The thing about consciousness is is it's a it's a embedded like unapproachable un like there's epistemological reasons why you can't find consciousness like you can't find the thing that you are you can't find it as a thing because it's a looking it's a looking it's not it can't be looked at it's it's got that about it all right but as as a conscious being we we automatically have this sense of our existence okay this is a so what i'm saying is we need to take these two ideas this existence and this consciousness and realize that one we we can pursue with the question and the other we can pursue with answers and so one's like a statement i am one's a question who am i and so it is question exclamation mark yet these two are absolute truths because it's absolutely true that you exist all right now your consciousness is absolutely true because that's how you're knowing about your existence we can't take one idea over the other because they are simultaneously creating the other as as they do but what we're saying is okay, here's your here's the support for your subjective field the, the your subjectivity isn't supported just by like the idea of god or the idea of oh, like your name your ego it, it's supported by pure consciousness it's supported by your existence itself because your existence isn't this this is a major 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 thing to understand okay that the nature of existence is not things see things existence is a knowing that's why you exist you don't exist because you've got stuff about you like a rock doesn't have like whatever existence a rock has is is not something the rock's saying I exist. To exist, you have to say I exist. If you don't say you exist, someone else is saying you exist for you. Someone else is speaking of your existence or somehow your witness being witnessed. So the existence is the witness, not the not the thing being witnessed because see this is this is exactly what um descartes said i think therefore i exist but see a rock doesn't think a rock like your existence is is something you can't question when you're asleep right so let's say that the inertia in your daily cycle certainly shuts you up when you come talking about existence all right at least 
and so it is with inertia. Inertia is this question, this great opponent of our existence, because it is exactly what we have to deal with as we get old, because it's, it's entropy itself, which causes our old age, which is a disorder of ourself. And, and what happens when we get old? We question our existence. So, yes, that's you can actually feel how tangible the the opposition between your existence and the ob the the inertia of objects is in, in that you're experiencing it as you get old. You're experiencing the counterpoint to your existence, the, the your subjective existence, uh, the threat, the 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 elimination of your existence by inertia <coughs> uh, as you as you get old. Okay, and, and this is why you have an existential crisis. All right, so that that see that feeling, that little feeling you got there, where you, you this this exact feeling that you have is in your life. All right, this is this is just a thought drama playing out in in that geometry. That I'm, and and so like. If you consider that feeling, you, you'll you'll see somehow your this is about this is all to do with uh, because these foundations are sitting like immovable pillars, and you're in this great motion, this this churning, all right. And so as you go past each pillar, you're moving in progression and proximity to that and, and, and you'll taste its effect and so its effect has this effect where you are questioning this this opponent to existence and then you know death all right so so this birth this death uh a part of this uh this great subjective objective duality that we we are crossing as we because i've just i've just laid out foundations there a little bit of for thought like like for what you you might be what you really are or like pieces of string with uh ideas at the end of them now now i can prove the ideas at the end of them are necessary but to prove the but I'm also saying to the ideas at the end of them are, are for various reasons epistemologically immovable obstacles that that you you with the absolute uh, elimination of the op the opposite to approach them you're left with a game in which your your dice disappear as you you, you you've got. Uh, all right, you you've got no chance of overcoming the obstacles. Okay, like the the obstacles are are impossibility. See, and unthinkability and absurdity. All right, so the absurdity of like the hardest one to understand is really absurdity, I, I think, because I like, you have to understand the full philosophical uh, narrative, and you have to have done all this, 
and then realised how oh look, this is uh, this is Juali trying to be um, absolute when unity is absolute. See, it's unity that makes absurdity. Unity is two things that are. It makes the two things one, doesn't it? And so, so what we've done is really we've just divided the field into into its its half bodies in a in a very sort of simple way. That's that's really what I do a lot of. And this is the way I I think and I construct a philosophical system. Uh, by which to understand reality, because you have to understand, you have to construct a philosophical system to to understand reality. Now, this philosophical system is classical reality. Right? It's classical reality because that is the nature of reality. That is the nature of what it is. It is. It is. It's not all the. Uh, it's not the mess we think it might be, or or it's not going to end in the whatever way we might have thought, or it's not going to end up with science finding a muon or a god particle or any of this. Okay, it's it's always been here, it's always is, and it always will be. But it is classically elegant and beautiful, and it is the the matrix of life, the 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 knowledge of which which forms this field that that a field of possible worlds must exist in that these are the principles that uh, aren't falsifiable okay so these are true for every possible world so we're defining the nature the theory of everything for every possible world not for just the our world it's and it's not a theory See, it's the philosophical truth. The philosophical truth is a theory of everything for every possible world, okay? And that's what that this is. So, so all really what you, you need to do is be able to understand thought and then generate with thought experiment and visualize geometry and then realize that actually, look, this is just everything I look at has the same geometry to it. It's just that I, I need to be able to uh, to perceive it. So like every every system like every system has its its abstract, its phenomenal, its identity. And so yeah, you, you need the same fundamental uh, tools to to explain anything or to to everything has to have these ontologies it's not like that that uh anything at all could could exist without some of uh, little bits of this or little bit of that this is ontology itself okay so so these are the these are the necessities that you can't cut away okay so i'm, I'm not really so i'm sort of saying you can't cut away phenomena because if you do, you end up with nothing, zero, void game, right? But that—that that is space. Let's call that okay. Because this is this is the game, and space is is a player in the, in the phenomenal game. The same matrix that I'm saying uh, with with you thinking about reality 
is if you want to think about reality in a phenomenal context, you could take the word sentience out of the equation, take the word um, like philosophy, abstract law, logos out of the equation and take the word pathology out of the equation and, and put the word where pathology was inertia, pure inertia, put the word motion where the word knowledge was because if, if effectively we know of energy purely as a, it's, it's it's always a it's an idea it's it's an idea we we know of in mind ever regressing so we it's like the uncertainty principle telling us that okay so that we we can never know of a we can never know of a position and a velocity at the same time so we never know like we never know really of a pure energy. Like that's that's something that moves just to an infinite motion, let's say. Right, so, but then we've got this other idea, space. We put, when we think about space, we've got to go, oh, yeah, well, you know, space is, what well, space just isn't, okay? Space is, isn't everything that it objectively is, Okay. It's space is unmeasurable. Like, what, what are we going to do? Measure, we measure the distances, all right? So we, we, we with the distances, but it doesn't change. <coughs> it doesn't change from one place to another. It, it, we can't pathologize space. We can't find it. We can't, if we did find it, it wouldn't be it. Okay, it's exactly like a soul. We can't, we can't, get a bit of it and cut it up okay it's not atomic okay it's it's ideal and so that like so yeah that's your there your context you've still got the same geometry you're struggling with you still need the same necessities you still need to understand it with inertia you just need to understand it with motion and you need to understand it with space but you have a mundane conception to start with okay and you still need to put life in it, okay? Because even if you've got this uh, this idea about reality, life is life is some other. Like life is still going to have to be in your equation because you're only talking about material elements there. Not not this. Uh, you still got consciousness, even if space is your fundamental most subtle thing that you think of it so you still have this sat shit and under okay you still have this this being awareness bliss or this um existence consciousness possibility potency all right now think about what how do you why do you feel bliss you know being free you know tie your arm to the side of your body for a month and then take the rope off and move your arm and feel, how does that feel? That's, that feels blissful because you've been bound and unbound and unbound is free and free is bliss. All right. So that's life. Okay. Life is that feeling of freedom. Life is that feeling of freedom. That's overcoming these material modes, uh, with its own order. 
okay, as it imposes, organises, places order in resistance to the disorder. Now, that shouldn't happen, okay? There can't be a... If, the, if there's a relativity of these ideas, order and disorder, then there are great ideas. Now, we know of this disorder. We know of this idea entropy. So, yes, this idea order too. Because otherwise, it would just be disorder. All right? If there's no balancing out the equation, then we can't have the relativity. So, that's that's a, that's a simple idea. That's simply true. Okay? That's, that's a simple objective truth. Okay? Otherwise, uh, entropy would have destroyed the universe already now science does this because they just put their but they just put their high low entropy moment at the start of the big bang and, and then they just all they have to worry about then is entropy isn't it now this is okay but we but even in this this field like this earth we find uh like low entropy which is life Okay, life's resisting entropy in relative degrees, and that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do right now, because it's entropy that's not going to let you understand anything, put you to sleep at night, make you dull and ignorant. And what we're trying to do is resist that by understanding this philosophical truth. All right, so to me, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem controversial and like I don't need to just sit here and talk I could I could get up and I could draw diagrams and I could do all sorts of things you know there's more way more that I could explain but you know I've tried for 20 odd hours here now trying to explain this and explain that I haven't really got I haven't tried to publicise this podcast. I haven't shared it. I don't think there's anyone listening, and I don't care at the moment because. But I'm sort of spent with it. I just, I just feel like I'm talking to you guys, and I've explained so much. Yet I'm still just like, I don't know. I, I think I've, I've said enough for for a little while. I, I I think I'm going over the same things again, trying to make them clear. But I I want you to know that I'm not mistaken here. I'm not I'm not confused. What I'm explaining to you is just first of all what what seems to you like a little way to understand reality, like a cute little diagram to understand reality. But it it isn't cute. It's it's. Uh, the foundations of existence here, the ontological foundations. It could be the foundations of, of knowledge, if you like, of epistemology or ontology, okay, or possibility. But it is, it is that, it is that the um, the real philosophical truth, uh, such as that. You know, people with their various isms, the isms are are trying to take one experience from a hemisphere of um, of reality and prove to that point, tr- prove to the uh, 
the foundation f- the foundations for the hemisphere like the subjective or the objective the material or the, the logical you know the materialism or the the rationalism or the idealism all are ways we go about trying to like make sense and failing because of the eliminative nature of what we're trying to prove so so what i'm trying to prove is is the middle the equanimity of the uh, equation right which is the where I'm, where the reality is because like um and then I'm explaining to you how that this this is a, a degrees of freedom, and the degrees of freedom are how this life moves uh, from this objective to this subjective, like be, ha, gains more subjectivity. Be gain, and, it, and so, so it isn't just as if we're stuck in this objective subjective drama. What we are doing is climbing up this ladder of subjectivity this this ladder of sentience uh, of knowing and not knowing okay uh, with it which is it's got its feet in nature but nature is nature is not mundane in fact she is pure uniqueness pure diversity pure um gratitude in the in the sense that this this field is there supporting uh, these living entities really to 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 go through this cycle again and again and again learning to love really and so so just like we have a father a son and a holy ghost we are we're understanding this with these points you know like um because your body is is not but this geometry expressed uh it's just that you haven't particularly gone to any lengths to identify the nature or the qualities of each particular hemisphere of you yet there's parts of you you've never known and there's parts of you 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 need to know you look forwards you don't look backwards etc you've got very little cognition of your bottom half like okay so so this uh this possibility rising above the um above the mundane is is life rising up 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 until it gets to this uh, like spatial position, which would seem right, which is pure Satchitananda. This is omnipotence, omnipresence, omni- omniscience, all unified in a one life, which is us. We're life, all right, because life is just to know. To be, to do, that's the definition of it I've given you here. Okay, so knowing, being, doing. See, being, doing, it's a different, they're, they're logical operators in the, in the, in a metalogic, all right? So, 
the uh, like that's our classical theology right there with with God sitting at top of the spatial drama at the at the, um, at the end of the hierarchy which is which forms a pyramid of lower and higher ending in one all right this is this is what a classical pyramid is right so that is sort of the the, the game we play uh climbing higher and higher and higher up this chakra system which is the perfect like this is a logos of us it's 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 a knowledge body not a physical body it's it's not realized empirically because it's 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 not a it's not that it's it's a phil- philosophers to realize it it's it's the it's a philosopher to understand it and it's the spiritualist to explore it okay because it to explore it is more than a matter of mind it's a matter of uh well it is knowledge but it that like knowledge isn't just an instruction manual you have to apply yourself to um with will to and work to gain the freedom and the the knowledge with your instructions make your work efficient otherwise you you just work in vain but with the knowledge your work happens so the spiritual has to use this they climb via process of renunciation of the gross and attachment and aversion essentially attachment to the divine and aversion to the mundane you know and all are lost in a big game aren't we i mean really so so however however in my pursuit of theological understanding and spiritual methods etc etc i have understood this great cycle of man these these yugas and these ages and and i've learnt from revealed knowledge and, and essentially justified it and i'm saying to you that uh these these four directions uh each have like what i'm saying to you see this these directions are just the things i'm talking about they they're imparting the same qualitative distinctions but here we are in this southerly position right now at the um at a point in our galactic uh life year cycle right um and these are the great ages of man and at this time now uh we call it the spirituals call that Kali Yuga, the age of destruction, right? So it comes in the, in the bottom half, the objective side, like when things seem physical, more physical, more personal up this in subtle variations, like your head and your feet feel different. They're still part of your same body, you know, like, but these happen, these things happen over thousands of years and, and the thousands of years we've, we basically we're in a night, but we've forgotten daytime because it took so long. It was so long ago. There was such a subtle difference. Okay, now, now at this point in time, there's a prescription about, and also, 
you know, like we're coming from nature here. The sound idea is the name of God. Like so, so really, it's like a, it's like a light from heaven is opening up, and it's standing here, right? All the, us earthlings now to pick up the the name of the Lord, because there's a, there's a paradox from crossing, and the paradox, is like the, how the light gets in, and and so we can make our way. Up, inside that we, and this is not your pure idealism so much you're not struggling with this problem of impossibility in your inference to forever what you're doing is taking this sound and just using it and realizing it and manifesting form okay you know trying to be formless and and you're manifesting God in, in that that the the God God is not formless. God is this is like a lotus really, and then the Lord is there in the middle of that lotus, and that Lord is beautiful, and like. At some point, I, I've stopped talking about that because, like, that is for your personal experience. That is that is the experience of these saints, okay? The, the very trustworthy, very noble, very wonderful people, okay? Now, if, if that seems frivolous to you, then, you know, whatever you think is so great, go and do that. But I'm just saying to you that the people I admire and respect have these conceptions, and I've had my own as well, little Okay, and and I, my whole life is a religious drama. So, sure, I've got good reason to believe in the Lord, and good reason to believe in the saints, and good reason to believe in my Sri Guru. Okay, because it's just too hard otherwise. It's all just too hard to try and beat any infinitely intelligent game of samsara. That's churning all manner of beings. I mean, we're just fortunate that we're here right now. That this is that this is the this is the possible world to be at, right? Let's let's like use as much rationalism, as much philosophy, as much phenomenology as you like, etc., etc., and. And revealed knowledge, and just throw it all together, and oh, that's what I've done. And I'm just suggesting that uh, the advice given by the Bhakti Vedantins, the yogis of Bhakti, are uh, is sound and pursue it very greatly, and it's also supported by an incredibly auspicious golden avatar in Lord Chaitanya. Uh, it's just that we all outside or the out in the Kami world of like who think we are this or that are controlled by culture and influenced by our own cultures and so forth. We the we we're sort of immune to that. We say, "Where's God?" Well, God is where you go searching for Him, and you'll find Him there. Like you'll have spiritual experiences if you get smart enough to know where to look. 
Okay, like if you're looking at the moon, you can say where's the sun. You're not going to find it there. But whose fault is that? Anyway, Hare Krishna. Hello. <coughs> I'm here again. Hare Krishna. All right, so... What we're trying to do is make sense here of the of your experience, which I'm saying to you doesn't really make sense if you just use science to understand it. Um, you know, scientists will say it does. They think it makes sense, but they're not really the great thinkers that you might think they are, okay? They're, they're sort of really like the workers of this knowledge uh, drama, you know? They're... They're not uh, going to be as helpful to you in your life as a philosopher could be, all right? I mean, practically speaking, yeah. Like, not really practical, but physically speaking, yeah, you, you get things from science. Uh, mentally, you should be able to extract equanimity from a philosopher, and neutrality and spiritually like uh like theologically or spiritually you need to gain personal experience uh from your theologian like your theologian is a holistic endeavor all right so, so it's not as if the theologian hasn't got any reference to science it's just the theologian ultimately giving you personal experiences of like miraculous events which come through in synchronicities and all sorts of strange coincidences we could call them that seem to occur when you uh when you pursue a path of belief all right and and so what the theologians dealing with is really a inverse an obverse cause and effect he's saying to you believe and then see the effect okay so this is the this is anti-theatical to science so like I, I i've got these like i'm triangulating thought and then I'm, I'm adding fundamental, I'm triangulating life, all right, and trung, tra, triangulating uh, all material nature, all right, and I'm placing those, uh, which which are categories of it, into categories like the three sidedness of a tri triangle is a, a categories and, and the space in between them um this is this is really a a, a, a system of thinking right? the space in between them is a rational territory where one cannot be well one is being another right but the points then are the the extreme eliminative uh, ideas um, which end in 
like if you think of a triangle and you think of the shape of the points, what we've got is diversity uh, reducing to unities, right? This is what a, so all the things you might think of being matter, right? Uh, we'll just call that the elemental table and all the particles, etc., etc. Then your um, your list of what uh, particles there are uh, gets smaller and smaller, right? So this is this is what science is doing because this is the um, the pursuit of the parsimony, the pursuit of the unifying fundamental uh, principle, the fundamental particle, the fundamental building blocks of nature. So, so if you were to get the, the quantity of names inside the triangle, where diversity, this is relativity, relativity is making diversity because of there's a mixture of differences, right? And towards the outside of that uh, triangle, towards the, there is no outside of the tri triangle as such because physically and mentally we can't, uh, go there because what we're talking about is a singular idea right now it, it's like in our um, overestimation of our mind we, we believe we think of these things okay but a, a literally a a, a a substance like a pure substance right we're, we're taking these words to their to their natural destinations, okay, is devoid of space, all right? So, as one um, approaches the, the purest form of the idea, we're, we're approaching an infinite idea, okay, but what all we see in the universe is relativity, but that doesn't mean we don't see increments of this relativity, and we do see this, uh, this dr drama playing out, and our mathematics supports the perfection of the idea, but we don't know what to do with that. And, and so, you know, they have black holes as some sort of infinitely dense um, stuff, right? Now, whether or not all these black holes are joined at some layer, level uh, is another matter and all that. Okay, so they seem to be spatially divided, uh, but this unification principle of them seems to draw them. So whether or not that's some sort of a dimensional uh, drama playing out or whatever it is, all we know is that we found things in the universe uh, that epistemologically say things to us. See, epistemology, epistemology enters the narrative for science with in a bunch of ways, but with these, uh, this material event horizon at which we have this point of black. But this point of black, because it's beyond the senses, we can call it blackness because the senses have, ne have no access to it. All right? So it's not an empirical... Whatever's beyond the... Um, event horizon is not empirical it's purely conceptual okay so this is how we enter our mental our mental space 
we're reducing to mental to to pure concept here now all right even though well, we, we say sure it's physical i mean if you if you're just going to justify your your knowledge honestly then that's how you do it so, so you've got to sure things have effects you know like we can see that it we can sense that it has some gravitational force so it's it's somewhat empirical okay but then again if i was to say to you you, you have a a soul and you say well show me the evidence for it um and i would just say oh well you know i can't give you the i can't find it for you but all this uh this consciousness and everything's just coming out of it so like so it's really the same situation it's the same uh idea as in like gravity's coming out of the black hole but out of this other point, this purely conceptual point that we can't find, not because it's so dense, but because it's so ephemeral, we find this sense of freedom, which we call consciousness, right? Now, now the the, dist, the, the so you, I've, I've got a structure I'm trying to explain to you, which is making this very simple for you. Okay, so the the structure is just founded on metalogical principle. Okay, and this is uh, fundamental logic, uh, fundamental epistemology, and like fundamental um, ontology. Okay, so. So when I, like, so when I, I'm getting an idea, all right, now, every idea that I, I use, so that idea, uh, substance, stuff, right, matter, inertia, is part of what uh, you make sense with in a phenomenal context as a scientist, right? as you consider the nature of reality, okay? But a, a, a scientist isn't required to, well, they are, they have other problems, but this is just the basic science. This is, the, this is what people thought science was back, you know, before they realised that, uh, you know, the field itself was going to, you know, rain on their party. Uh, this empiricism, like that the, the, the world is physical, and therefore understanding the physical uh, is how we understand the cause of it. And the cause of it is explains why it's, it explains the differences. So those uh, causes are also reductive, all right? So there's less causes than there are effects because a cause can make a lot of effects a law can uh, has multiplicity like the law of thermo laws of thermodynamics for instance the whole universe is doing them and they're only just one law right so so you're thinking in a phenomenal context i'm saying okay right you need to still uh understand that the same geometries at play you're just thinking, you just have to put the way you're thinking into a metalogical system, 
and know that you are conceiving of it in, a, in, in an ontological sense, an ontological context, which is a, an assumption, not a, not a truth, because it's, it's, it's fundamentally founded, like it's fundamentally assumptive because of the epistemology that uh, resists it, not underwrites it, actually. See, because induction doesn't underwrite science. The senses underwrite science. The induction is the obstacle for science. The, the problem of induction is, this, and this is the, let's call that the, the black hole. Let's, or let's call it the scale of the universe or whatever it is, is just ignorance, okay? This is the fact that you don't know what you don't know and you can't know about it. So therefore you can't, with certainty, take the things you've found with your senses in this uh, scale and uh, consider them to be permanent and all-encompassing for the entire universe because you don't even know about that, okay? So you don't know if there is and you don't know, like, if the stars we're looking at have already died, right? So... So that this this is uh, this is a a meta logic, and I'm saying, so it's also it's also a triangulation of of ideology in that to believe in one idea eliminates the other in in a in a dichotomy, which is dichotomy means cuts, right the other. So the one idea cuts away the other. It's an eliminate. Eliminative. I don't even know if eliminative is a real word, right? Because that's a real word now. Um, so, what is one idea will eliminate another. So, and I'm saying, all right. So you've got your triangularity of a phenomenal context that I'm using for you to understand it, and I'm just putting in the phenomenal context. But even in a context of phenomena, there are Obversity. So there's no avoiding duality. Um, the phenomenal person thinks they are avoiding duality by avoiding subjectivity, by construing all this to be phenomenal. Okay, but but they have space to deal with still, and they have this energy to deal with. Now, energy has its own epistemology. Okay, and so does space, and so does inertia. All right. Now that the, these epistemologies are what's preventing this this from being real uh, in itself. All right. So so when you say that the world is um, phenomenal, when when you say reality is phenomenal, you're taking reality and putting your idea, your um, your name, into that set, all right, and drawing brackets around it and saying it is such and such, which is singular, all right? So, so in fact, you're saying everything is just this, right, which is a that. Okay, so this then is, uh, is what humans have been doing and this is why this is 
in essence the nature of argument this is this is the nature of argumentation and controversy which is what occurs when people attempt to understand the nature of this state of affairs right they 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 know there's a state of affairs but they're trying to understand the nature of it the nature of the state of affairs is to understand knowledge to have knowledge to understand nature or god whomever it might whatever the seeker of knowledge considers to be his foundational ontological premise about reality you know is there or isn't there so traditionally these uh, obverse ontologies like the entire um script of of them all like the theology the well it should be the philosophy and the science uh they're, they're stating clearly that they they don't believe in the obverse all right so the obverse cannot be um it, and so you find this in your spiritual texts okay about this illusion of the, the material bodies and the illusion the uh truth of the soul but science sort of has similar uh, doctrine. It's just an obverse doctrine, all right? So, so what I'm saying to you is you've got, uh, you've got to apply the same metalogical system to, under, to honestly appreciate what you're trying to do when you try and think about phenomena, okay? And I'm saying just pr prior to that, before you start thinking about phenomena, all right, bring this back to this metalogical system and realize that this uh, idea of phenomena is is itself a held in the same geometry a metalogical geometry bound by epistemology uh, the territory in between is a territory of rational space which we call uh, knowledge right? so that whatever Whatever can be known is is what seems to be manifesting, but reductively, we we the priority of that is knowledge and that system. I'm explaining to you, which is like the fact that I can draw a triangle about on on all that can be thought is is a sign of the elegance of knowledge and knowledge is all the laws as they be, they reduce themselves into from the multiplicity to the simplicity of of them and i'm giving you the simplicity of the laws that govern us all and uh as so i'm saying to you like you, you have to think about this uh reality in a mind body soul context and you can't do that because that's what contexts are and not thinking about one one way or the other so how are we going to do that because this is what people can't do right this is what scientists can't do or this is what philosophers can't do or i mean theologians try to do this okay and but they're not trying really essentially to think about this in a duality they're trying to think of this in a unity and with their chosen uh modality funding the rationalism that flows from it via a cause and effect um, 
cause and effect rationalism okay about this this would because of this say the ethical reason for the universe or the okay the the fundamental logical reason the logos underwriting the the reality or the phenomena underwriting the reality and so so i'm saying to you okay let's just understand some sort of reality because i'm not saying that these these monads aren't real i'm saying they're very real i'm, I'm making them real I'm, 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 I'm delivering them as as the reality i'm just saying that your experience and all that you're going to use uh all that your mind's ever done is is moving between these monads and even if you try to do that now, I'm saying to you, you're never, you're never going to think of one without another. What you're doing is thinking of one with another, and and you know, without with infinity, sort of saying to us that there is an infinity, like we can't make any sense of a a mass, a density with no space. Okay, so so what we have is a reduction to an absurdity, you know, because we end up. <coughs> this is a more complicated uh, problem that we have when we we move to this to the monad and, and actually fully pursue it to the point of this triangle that it's making. Not see like a big bang is exactly that. All right. A Big Bang is just this triangularity of reductionism uh, approaching a singularity, all right? Now, scientists have got a an abstract object that they're employing to understand the universe, which is like a triangle, right? But they've cut the top off the triangle just... Well, they're cutting the top off the triangle just at some point. So, because they can't conceive of see it's a it's an abstract idea that ends in a perfection not a not a phenomenal thing it's just that their mind can't can't embrace perfection right so they have a very 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 dense object which is very small of which exploded and the entire universe came out of it all right so you know like and you think I'm crazy for believing in God, but I mean, that's that's purely speculation, and and it's also it's just pure rationalism, all right. And it's not even pure because it's it's fundamentally retarded rationalism that has taken a point in time, a point, and then just moved into the relativity on this side of the point between here and there, and gone. Oh, yeah, it was this so it was just small. It wasn't the smallest of the small. It wasn't zero. It wasn't impossible. It was just very small. Okay, so they have to have their original miracle. They have to have their original thing. And then, sure, they can make a universe out of that. They've, they've got their hypothetical object of which they can just rationally expand it and theoretically hypothesize the entire rest of this creation and it blowing up, expanding, etc., that doesn't that, that that doesn't speak of honesty to me. It, it's not honest. It's 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 just taking your system, your method, your science to its uh, to the obstacle, 
which you won't know about with the mind and just taking a step this way and then bang all right and they call it a big bang but how could it be a big bang when it was so tiny and, and what how could a bang start big when it, a bang doesn't start big a bang starts from a tiny atom okay activating but this is tinier than an atom so what whatever uh, you know like Whatever you think science is giving you as far as big bangs and all the rest of it, I mean, come on. Yeah, sure, take it all seriously because it's all serious rationalism, but just don't be fooled by their hubris, okay? Because I'm not that sort of person. I'm not, I'm not giving you hubris here. I'm giving you actual knowledge, which is true. It's 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 a real principle like these are these are things that you you can be sure of as as i say them by doing the thought experiment that they require for you to understand them and so so they're they're more prior than an empirical evidence and they're more trustworthy you you can have more confidence in these principles of knowledge than you can in anything that science says so it's just that they are so universal or so fundamental that people just don't get it, all right? And, and you'll get it after I've, I've explained in this hour, all right? So I'm saying to you that the territory between these ideas, like I threw the Big Bang in there because it's a perfect example of what uh, what I'm talking about as far as ra what rationalists do as they, they, re they apply parsimony and parsimony is a turning, is a conversion of differences into a samenesses, okay? And, and they they end up with a singular idea, and at some point they, they have to, uh, like, to make any sense at all, right? They, they stop before the singularity, and they, they start hypothesizing out from it, all right? And so too with the... Um, now, all this happens in, in a philosophical context as well, all right? It's just much more, it's much more difficult just to, a little bit, takes a little bit more of a philosophical sort of mindset to understand it. This is why everyone's confused about all this, okay? So, so let's not, okay, we We've we've got synonym at work here, and I'm saying like ah oh, phenomena, like uh, energy, space, and inertia, and I'm saying these are just synonyms for this, um, these other ideas, which are exact exactly identical to these ideas. There, there's no, there is a sameness of these ideas okay that they're they're purely identical to the synonym synonymous with the ideas other ideas i'm, pl I'm placing in the same in the context this is the same geometries and i'm all right now those ideas are the words that we use in narratives about all the things that we experience in, in our lives on a, on a most fundamental level and they are um you know they are found like in a great circle of possible ideologies that we we 
associate with all the facets of our experiences as they relate to the density and the spatial and the consciousness and the knowledge and the mind and the law and the principle and the consciousness of ourselves, all right? Those ideas go out and they, they're far off ideas because they're perfect. The word is a perfect uh, place marker. Like, say you're going to... So you're going to Rome, all right? Everything's going to be Roman as the closer you get to Rome. But the real Rome is Rome, all right? Like, I don't know, I just made that up. So too with, uh, so too with, um, with all the words in the narratives. Like, everything is, is a part of that word. You know, you're thinking of it with an opposite. You're thinking of someone good in relation to an evil, or you're thinking of something spacious in relation to a density, all right? Uh, you're thinking of all these things you're thinking of, and the reasons you can't think of them are there as well, all right? So the, the reasons you, you can't think of the word by itself as a singularly pure idea is because that requires there to be no opposite to it. It's a it's an idea by itself that eliminates that. So you, you're trying to think of something that totally eliminates the opposite idea. Now this this should be taken seriously, very seriously, in fact, because this is phenomenal. This is what what happens. This is what we're experiencing as gravity. You know, eliminates what would seem like the, the anywhere for space to be. And, and this is what space sort of seems to do as it, as an idea that won't tolerate any substance, any particle. All right. So, so you as a thinker, I'm, I'm saying to you, look, what, what you are is in a, in a field and around the outside of that field are the, is, uh, are all these names that you've got and uh, inside of it is your mind and uh, all your experiences in this physical world are, you know, somewhat relative, like they're relative, you know, practically speaking, relative, okay? Now, when I say practical, I'm not being practical in saying that they're physical because that's not so practical as relativity, all right? Uh Physical is an extreme word, which which states that they're all this. This is the fundamental cause of them. These physical laws, all right. And I'm just saying, uh, people call that pragmatism. They call that. You know, that's not. That's not so practical. That's a. That's an extreme idea um, that they have never experienced. These people who say it's physical. They think they've experienced physicality, all right? They, they, just are lost in semantics with the with the meaning of the word. The word physical is speaking of this singular sort of idea that that could be somehow devoid of any like they 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 want consciousness to be physical, all right? But see, the physicality of consciousness and the 
the dullness of matter and, and the way that physical is tied to the matter, the tied to the stuff, means that you're you're taking away all your stuff as you take away your physical, and then you've still got pure identity at the end of of, of your idea as you, your physicality reaches its obverse, all right, in the personal, the the I. Now, your scientist is obviously going to say, yeah, well, that's fine. That's just a, the illusion of this, okay? But that's what I'm saying is they can't prove that. They don't know that. They don't even know shit. They, they, they've, they're not great at thinking anyway, so why are you even listening to them? They're just caught in this game of obverse ontology talking about reality they know nothing about that they can't even think about um, and expecting you to believe them because that's what they believe because they're not that bright all right so don't believe people who start telling you about this physical reality anyway because i mean sure they're going to give you all the coordinates from what they can experience of this relativity like they've got a territory to explore in the relativity as they start um, exiting their their half body, they're, they're going to have to cross the paradox of what is a field of thought, right? And, and as they do, they lose the uh, they lose the justification for their 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 knowledge that what they call knowledge, which is known, right? And they move to this knowledge, right? So this is this is how you move across uh, hemispheres of what is a field of rational space uh, bound in modality. Uh-huh. So, I mean, to tell you the truth, this is just what philosophers would love for me to explain to them, to tell you the truth. Like, they'd love to just sit down and me to sort it all out for them because that's what that that's what I really I'm doing is sorting out all the things they can't think of that they they'd like to come up with the next big idea and then they'll be right you know as soon as I tell them as soon as they understand the way I'm uh, explaining this to them like as soon as the thinkers understand that this is how to under how to conceptualize what uh, what is experience then it's aha okay. And and so and so sure that that that's the paradigm. See, this is the paradigm, and and sure there'll be they'll you know because there's so there's so little creativity, there's so little originality um, that this originality has to be seeded, and and so you need the seed to plant and for the tree to grow, and and it's just that no one's there with the, with the original uh, conceptions. Okay. And so, so when I give them those conceptions, they can go, ah, oh, because then all that they have to do is just continue on like mathematicians, okay? It's just that they can't move to the next paradigm because that's what a paradigm is. It's what, it's what people can't, you know, the fakes and the pretenders and the, uh, you know, the copiers of this world Sure. Once the paradigm's introduced, they they're early. They could be early adopters. They can do whatever. Uh, but they, you know, depending on what they are, they they're either doubters or whatever it is, or resistors, or adopters. But it's not as if they're all going to be 
coming up with a paradigm because the paradigm is is purely a creative ability that uh, that humans think they're so creative, but really they're remixing mostly on other ideas. They're, they're more likely to put two things that are already together. A new thing, a new idea, or a new concept, or a new way of thinking, they're not going to come up with that in a hurry, all right? And, and they may not ever come up with it, I'm telling you, even though it's so universal, so obvious, and so simple, and so fundamentally empirical, all right, that you think that they would. I mean, it's more likely that a computer will... Uh, a computer will build the same idea that I'm saying to you, that like just by pure like statistics or right, whatever it is. Okay, so so why am I doing all this? Why why am I saying this to you about oh, like so? Why is it important that you have to think like this? For a start, you're believing in your physicality anyway. I'm saying to you, don't believe in that. Don't believe in anything. This is. This is very much like pyrrhonism here. This is pure scepticism that I'm applying. You know, although you think I'm uh, some religious type of person, I'm saying to you, I'm far more sceptical than scientists. I'm far more sceptical than pyrrhonists. I'm far more sceptical than uh, impersonalists, even. Like, I'm taking uh, fundamental ways in which we think because I don't even believe in scepticism, okay? I doubt it. Um, and I'm saying to you, like, here's our naivety, here's our scepticism, and here's our rationalism. And I'm replying, I'm taking rash, rationalism to its... sceptically, all right? Pure rationalism to its epistemological obstacle, which is absurdity, all right? And I'm sceptically doubting that there's any sense that can be made of this universe... It, it, as its wholeness, right? Because these are the laws why... These are the general principles why I'm saying... Uh, no, 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 not knowledge. Not knowledge ultimately, because uh, because knowledge is conditional. Knowledge requires opposites, and unity prohibits. So what what of it? You know, what what can we say of knowledge well it's not that knowledge isn't important it's not that knowledge is more real than anything science is telling you it's just that for a pure skeptic such as myself like you have to be able to doubt everything doubt everything that can't be absolutely true all right and so this is how you understand the nature of illusion and reality uh, as a, a reflection that one creates another in a, as, an, as a reflection does create an inverse of what is real because you look at yourself in the mirror. Okay, You're real, your reflection isn't so real, right? Kind of, kind of real, but not really real. So... There's, there's, like, there's a whole bunch of really difficult things to consider as we get, if we're going to explore the fundamental 
epistemological unraveling of knowledge. We say knowledge is but isn't. You know, what does that mean? See, that's irony. Is but isn't. And that's what it is, what I'm saying to you, that it is. All it requires is a condition. All it requires is one and another. But and it, so it surely is. It is what all this is. But is it because of unity, right? And so, so I'm saying to you, like the geometry that I'm, I'm, I'm creating, I'm trying to create in your mind the, the, the images and the, 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 the feeling of you being inside something, inside this, this insideness is how I'm making this field real to you. Like I'm saying, oh, look, you're inside this field. Here's a field of mind, right? Here's a noosphere. So not only is the noosphere what all it could physically be, but it's also it could mentally be. And so it's a it's a, a prior way of understanding the universe. So I'm giving you a new universe, a new way of understanding, a whole new paradigm of understanding this, okay, that only the philosophers have waffled on about that, that have not have had anything tangible to start doing, grasping, whatever. And I'm also saying to you, like, oh, yeah, God did all this. So, you know, whatever I say, the real reason for it is because of the stuff that happened in theology thousands of years ago with goat herders and such and such. So, you know, don't get too excited about human knowledge. Don't get too excited about this being some sort of great advance from humans because, you know, I didn't even do it. God just gave me this thousands of years ago and it sat and brewed and sort of destroyed me for a long time until finally now via certain fortuitous events in this life I'm able to you know barely utter it you know and I, and so I'm saying okay all the things you're thinking about are inside this field and and, and look that the universe is sort of demonstrating that it's using these same principles and what we see phenomenal uh, events these uh, you know like the scale of the universe or you say all these things are I mean the scale of the universe is still held in an epistemological boundary and so the so is the black hole and so is this knowledge right because the knowledge is the reason the philosophers haven't come to you and said, here's the nature of reality is because of the nature of reality. That it, and they're trying to make sense out of that. And the nature of reality is going to let them do that. So I'm just battling that. I'm just resisting that with geometry. I'm resisting that. I'm resisting these obstacles, okay, which are there. Right? But I'm saying to you, like, hang on a second. Your body is just... If you functionally take your body and divide it into the half bodies, which is what I'm dividing thought and possibility into, and, and great methods and whatever else, okay, your body is presenting modality, okay, opposite, you know, reality. You've got a space and a ground that you're working somewhere in between. You're in a relativity. Sure, you've got a relative degree of all these modalities, or it would seem. 
like you've got a relative degree of this sentience and a relative degree of this this physical inertia and a relative degree of this motion, whatever you call it, what do you want to call it? You want to call it knowledge? A relative degree of this mind, you know? So, so your object, your form is is understandable like this. So what we're talking about is the fundamental primary mechanism of God's creation, the form of, of the forms. This is a theory, the, the, the truth of the forms of this world and, and, and this universe. <coughs> and I'm saying once you can apply, you've got a system now, a singular system, a, a working system fundamentally based on good sense that you, you, you can be sure of, right? Because epistemological truth is certain, right? So I'm, I'm using certainty to found my categories, not... See, the certainty that I'm placing it as a foundation for science is not what science uses as its foundation. Science uses empiricism. I'm using ignorance. I'm using this this unthinkable as the foundation for my my rational system. Science is taking one step this way. It's 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 held by the epistemological obstacle to be on this side of it, and so it it works out from it. It knows about it. So it calls all these things theories, right? But I'm saying this is the truth in science. This is the truth in the false that you can use to make foundation for your field, all right? And I'm saying to you, look, okay, it's very subtle that you to for you to understand the nature of this, uh, and to understand how to to build a geometry of rationalism with contradiction, and and how to imagine lines that create paradoxes between two ideas. But if you do this, you can understand how everything works, even thinking, even the, all the ideas of of uh, humans, like the great methods, because this is demarcation of science, all right? But not only is it that, okay? I'm saying to you, like, we're in this world, okay? And this world... It's not just an object. It's not just a, a random dumbass object with an equator around the middle of it. It's the same principles as you've got in your body going on in it, all right, such that you can understand the nature of the place, of the space that is the earth, right, with all the stuff in it, and the surface of it, all right, the manif- what's going to manifest, what's coming out, why it's coming out, why why this, why that, okay? Even to the, to the extent of continental drift, okay, even to the extent of culture, even to the extent of geomagnetic electric fields, uh, magnetic north, uh, meridians, all sorts of things like that, I'm saying to you, yeah, yeah this is just a fundamental, like, sure... I'm using knowledge to explain it, but it just blends into an electromagnetic spectrum. This is the nature of an electric field. This is the nature of an electromagnetic field, north-south, right? This is the effects of these great directions in a magnetic field 
of every field that has a separate set in it and then it relates to the larger set in a larger field. You're sure if you want to think about it phenomenally there, all right? But I'm saying to you, notionally, it 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 is how you understand it. I mean, because otherwise, science would have really understood that. And they have had experiments proving these things that I'm saying to you, okay? Like there are experiments where they've found differences they found empirical data good data to support the things i'm saying to you about it but they don't understand why the data they don't have any grand theory like to explain the data so i'm saying to you i'm making predictions about the the world like i'm saying to you oh look this this field this magnetic north okay th these these lines of of electromagnetic uh resonance that flow through the earth that when you're a pilot you you go you have to sort of adjust your things because you've got a magnetic north it's it's a line that it's it's going it's over this way magnetic north is over towards canada right but it's moving this way at a certain pace and it's moving at a, a consistent pace not a not a weird pace like it's moving like 12 kilometers and it's getting a little faster it, it, it'll gets faster so i'm predicting where that line will straighten up and I'm saying this is the central meridian of the planet. If you know about this, then you you can, like, with interpretation, with understanding, can know about uh, that this field is a field where you as living entities, like we sport in this whole field of possibility, uh, find this beautiful uh, explanation to it. And I'm saying to you, there in the middle of this field, in this vortex, which is, India sits this diagram, okay, and this diagram explains all the theologies of India, right, and all the theologies that expand out from it. But if you go into that, that I, I'm saying to, like, that's a vortex, that's your escape route, okay. So that's what you're here to do. You're here to find, just like you're here to find your way into your heart of your life and of your body. You know what I mean? In this world, and and your body, your heart is in this middle of this, okay, this ironic position. I'm saying to you, even in this planet, you can you can do that, even with this planet. Like with this knowledge that I'm giving you, I'm saying to you, you can understand where your interests, where your success will come from, because. That's just so much more theological than you might be ready for. But you see, I'm suggesting to you that your lack of understanding of theology is just dumb shit that you don't understand. It's your ignorance. A lot of this not understanding theology is just pure ignorance. So this science, it, not understanding religion, is not a great achievement. Like, philosophers not understanding God is not a good philosopher. A good philosopher is it, is it someone who can understand theology and p also pure neutral reasoning, metalogic, which is what I'm saying to you I'm doing. And I'm, I'm not saying I think I'm doing it. I'm saying I'm certain I'm doing it. So there's no way in the universe that I am wrong about my metalogic. Okay? There's no one on this earth who's ever going to refute the things I'm saying to you now. So why resist? You know, understand 
what the nature of the truth is being strong okay even the truth is is absolute in itself but as it if you apply it out from the absolute truth into the field of knowledge you can take that strength out and understand it but what when i say absolute truth what do i mean by absolute truth well this is another triangle i want to explain to you and it's only when we explore both triangles that we do we understand and can we explain and predict our own experience because we are life and we are experiencing these material nature this material nature now the modes of material nature are these the pure division of of the mixture of nature okay and but life is a unified uh like it's experience of freedom that resists the field we call that life all right now when we say resisting the field like that's freedom there's a there's freedom now don't worry about everyone's arguments about is it free or is it determination that's just people with words that stand at the outside of a field that they're trying to think about they can't think of one without the other trying to tell you that it's like one and not the other okay that's the that's the nature of freedom determination arguments okay that's a that's a, a piece of string on either end that you can't explore but people with their words want to make their words they want to unify the experience that you have oh, am i free or am i not free right now there's another word that you need to make that tri triangular and that's an absurdity all right that, no that's a uh, that's a randomness randomness so randomness isn't freedom randomness isn't determination determination isn't freedom so there we have our the way you really need to think about freedom and determination all right so so we're just talking relative freedom here you've got relative freedom okay let's let's call it that okay it, it's a pragmatic way for us to, to understand this field i'm saying to you yeah you've got relative degrees of freedom degrees of freedom is how you're going to understand this field the field is a field of freedom it's a field of freedoms it's a field that contains us liberates us embroils us in this material nature sets us free makes us come makes us go all right it's 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 the nature of all it can be and and it's a game and i'm saying to you this is the churning this is called the churning this whole life death whatever you think is just a bigger scale of the same system to the bit to the to the ultimate scale of what that is the tree of knowledge okay this is samsara this is birth and death this is the churning of endless life and unification and multiplicity all expanding out and so and so here i was saying to you is here is spiritual knowledge not only abstract knowledge here is is not only abstract knowledge but here is scientific knowledge here is knowledge okay here is the best definition of knowledge that you're ever going to really get that will satisfy your western mind which doesn't want religion because you're scared of it okay now a purer knowledge a pure knowledge relates to a knower because 
you know, we don't just have this impersonal field that makes us feel a little bit comfortable because it's mundane. We're going to get real uncomfortable about how personal this this field is with this God and more more than that, okay? Because I want, I don't want to be a coward. I mean, everyone's a coward if they don't embrace the personal. The personal is there as foundational. It's like a scientist saying, I don't believe in matter. You know, like, believe in relativity then and know that half your experience, half the foundations for your experience in the relativity are that what's causing the relativity and then know about the personal. Know about how personal can it be. <coughs> this is how personal, you know, the most personal conception of it is is whatever it is, okay? And I'm just saying to you that if you get your coordinates and put them put them over the object that is the Earth, and you'll find that, that the people in the middle of it here say this, and I believe them, and I see what they're saying and why they're saying it, and I see that this Satchitananda, which is life, which is a, our relative expression of it, we're like a division of the whole, right, is existence, all right, awareness and bliss, okay? Now, that means very little to a lot of people, but I want you to understand it like this, okay? I want you to understand that this is like, this existence is something we are imagining, okay? We, we use, there's only one reason, there's only one Fund, it's like, okay, we've crossed this underneath in the objective, in the objective domain of this field of what I'm saying to you is uh, I'm giving you hemisphere and, and paradox to cross to get to another hemisphere. And I'm dividing the law and the, and the phenomena into hemispheres of, of uh, possibility, right? But I'm saying obversely in the subjective what we consider the subjective, okay, domain, like, with its foundation in identity, we have these two ideas, okay? This is consciousness and existence. And the difference isn't real, but the difference is to think of the consciousness you need to be up. It's just a question, and to think of the existence, it's answer and so i'm saying question mark here exclamation mark here all right now that doesn't seem like i've done much but that is a fundamental and hugely important way that a philosopher is wrestling even with the truth that all right because i'm trying to divide the truth without dividing it okay and i'm saying to you look here's how you can think of this in a geometry of progression, the question comes before the answer. The question comes before the answer, all right? So, like, the, the as you ask and try to understand, you're going question, answer. And I'm saying to you, like, here is the geometry of the way you're thinking. There's a progression. That is the arrow of time. And so all these things are getting contained, all right? But what then is bliss? What is... Well, bliss is this freedom that we have, okay? We're calling it possibility. 
in, in that you have a possibility. It's, it's an absolute truth. Your existence is absolutely true. You prove it by asking about it. You pr- you can't refute it. Your consciousness is absolutely true. It it doesn't need uh, 